Welcome to Candid Catholic Convos, a program brought to you by the Catholic Diocese of Harrisburg. Our mission is to humanize the church and help you to grow in your faith, love, and understanding. I'm your host, Rachel Trochet, a cradle Catholic who's only human and struggled with faith on more than one occasion. Each week, you'll hear engaging, down-to-earth interviews and actionable strategies you can implement into your life with ease to help you grow closer to God. If you're ready to open your heart and step fully into the person God created you to be, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Candid Catholic Convos. One of my friends posted a very powerful video on social media, simple in its concept, but powerful nonetheless. In the center of the frame for the entire video is a girl. She doesn't look much older than my son. She's maybe eight. It starts on her birthday. Family is gathered around singing, candles burning brightly on her cake. She makes a wish and she blows them out. Then it transitions, showing her life. She's playing the recorders. She's trying on makeup, meals with her family, hanging with friends, falling asleep on car rides. The transitions start happening faster and we notice more things in the background. As she's doing her homework, we see her parents reading the paper behind her. The headline reads, Government declares martial law. She hears jets flying over while she's playing outside. Neighbors are hurriedly packing their belongings into the car while sirens blare. The news is on in the background as she shows her family her drawings. The lights flicker in her bedroom. Suddenly and forcefully, we're dragged along with her as she's escaping to the basement lit by candles. There's very little water. In the morning, there's panic on the streets as she walks with her mother. A mortar shrieks as it flies by her head and strikes the building behind her. They're in the car, driving, driving, driving some more as she asks, where are we? The next town is bombed out and we hear gunshots as her mother rushes her to safety. Smoke starts filling the streets. Her mother holds a gas mask over her face as she chokes on the fumes. They're sleeping in subways, foraging on food. Her hair is knotted and begins falling out. They get separated from her father, and she holds her mother as she cries. In the next several shots, her face is stoic. She's rescued and begins getting care, but her face never wavers. The last frame of the video is her mother singing happy birthday to her in the makeshift hospital. A lit candle burnt down almost to its nub on something that resembles a cake, and she stares blankly right at the camera. Words appear on the screen as it fades to white. Just because it isn't happening here doesn't mean it isn't happening. If you've watched the news or even just skimmed the headlines at all in the last several weeks, you've undoubtedly seen the conflict in Ukraine right now, where this is the story of hundreds of thousands of Ukrainian children and families, not knowing where they're going to sleep, having babies in bomb shelters, wondering if their loved ones made it to safety, and leaving behind fathers, husbands, and brothers. Last year, this was the story of those escaping Afghanistan. Before that, it was Syria and El Salvador. And it absolutely breaks my heart. I've often wondered what I can do to help. God calls us to tend to those in need, right? But what am I supposed to do? Praying somehow doesn't feel like it's enough, if that makes any sense. And I've seen some very ingenious ways to get funding to those in need. But for me personally, there's sending money and then there's sending help. 
help with finding shelter or help with getting established or even help with providing just basic essentials. If it were me and my family in this type of situation, what would I prefer? And for me, that answer is help with something tangible. So how can I, just your average imperfect Catholic wife and mother, help someone in need with something tangible? Today, I'm sitting down with Kelly Golick, Executive Director of Catholic Charities for the Diocese of Harrisburg, to share with us her vision for Catholic Charities and some tactile ways we can assist those in need in our community and abroad, especially during times of crisis. Well, Kelly, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you on the program. Could you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you came to Catholic Charities? Rachel, thank you so much for having me here today. I really appreciate this opportunity. I'm new to Catholic Charities, of course, only been with Catholic Charities now for just three months. And I followed God's path for me. That's how I came to Catholic Charities. I, um, My previous job was 20 years at Contact Helpline, and it was a great job. I loved the job. I loved the people. I loved the work that I did. And over the years, as I pondered if I should stay in that job or consider a future someplace else, I came to the conclusion that I, if I ever left, it would be for the Catholic faith. I, I just knew that was the direction that I wanted to go should I ever leave contact. And when I accidentally came across the the position for the executive director for Catholic Charities, I'm like, that, yeah, I could do that job. That That might be my opportunity because I wasn't necessarily actively looking, but nothing was popping up in my radar related to Catholic faith here in the Harrisburg area. So I have a unique set of skills in that I've been an executive director for 20 years with contact. And I thought, I can definitely scale up those skills to the Catholic faith and have this opportunity. So I applied and went through the process and God blessed me with the opportunity to be the executive director. It has been a whirlwind uh, since I arrived, but it's been exciting and challenging and great people at Catholic Charities, great staff. Everybody's been incredibly welcoming at the diocese. I really feel like this is really where I belong. That's so amazing. I love how God just opens doors when you're not looking. He's just like, hey, here. Yeah. yeah you still have to pay attention, right? Yes. You have to pay attention a little <laughs> bit that and take it and and be willing to step out in faith. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Could you expand a little bit on what your role as executive director is with Catholic Charities in the diocese and who exactly does Catholic Charities help? So I am the executive director, so I oversee all of the programs of Catholic Charities for only the Diocese of Harrisburg. So there are a wide number of Catholic Charities across the country, and they all have basically ties usually to a diocese, so they serve just that diocese. So every Catholic Charities that's out there is a little different, and they serve the unique needs of their community. And really, Catholic Charities is the arm of the social Catholic teaching, social doctrine piece of the diocese. So we are the ones out there 
feeding the hungry, sheltering the homeless, helping the poor, helping the most vulnerable people here in our community. And in the Diocese of Harrisburg, we do it several different ways. One of the largest programs we have is an outpatient mental health clinic. And that clinic is in Harrisburg, it's in Lancaster, it's in York and Adams counties. And we are able to serve the mental health needs of not only Catholics, but other vulnerable individuals throughout the area. And as we know, through COVID-19, mental health issues have been skyrocketing. And we are definitely seeing that with the needs of individuals that are reaching out. The most important thing, though, is that you can reach out to Catholic Charities and know that we will provide counseling even if you are not able to pay. So we will work with you. We'll help you to try to get insurance if you don't have insurance. But if you can't pay, you shouldn't go without mental health services if you need them. So you could reach out to Catholic Charities to get that support. We also do a wide range of shelter programs. So we have the Interfaith Shelter, which is a shelter for families who are homeless, which is the only one in Dauphin County. So we are working to keep the family unit together, support the family as they try to find permanent housing. The other shelter program we have is a maternity house, which is a really rare program even across the whole country. There are very few maternity homes anymore. And our maternity home works with women who are, again, struggling with shelter or finding a place to live. They are looking for assistance. They wanna keep their babies. They want parenting skills and support. They want help maybe finding a job finding another place to live, and they can stay with us through their entire pregnancy. So they can stay with us for nine months, maybe even a little bit longer past giving birth. So it's that really safe place, a nurturing environment. We provide basic needs, services, you know, diapers and formula and things like that to families. And we have a pantry there that anybody could take advantage of also, whether you're in the Lord's house or not, which is the name of that shelter. Then we have our Evergreen Shelter, which is a an addiction recovery home for women. You know, again, another safe place for women who are struggling with housing, who are struggling then with sobriety and in need of support with that. And we provide them with AA meetings, we they counseling services, We're able to transport the ladies to programs and services in the community, help them find employment, help them, you know, work to create a plan to stay sober. We even have a, what I refer to kind of as a step-down program called Willow Way. So that's like a transitional housing program that once you're capable paying rent and, and you have resources, but you still want a little bit of support. It's like a small group home for women in recovery. There you get a room, you have some shared space, it's reduced rent, and then you still have that extra support when it comes to sobriety because our Evergreen staff still provide some basic support to that program. So those are really, those three shelters are really supporting those in the most vulnerable times of their lives and in need of assistance. We do a foster care and um, adoption program Right now, unfortunately, we don't do infant adoption any longer, but we do work to assess homes to make sure that they are safe places for adoption to take place. We have foster families that we work with, and we place children in foster care and assist with the process to adoption if that's 
what is necessary. A Lord's House in particular and the adoption and foster care, I really think of as our pro-life programs for Catholic charities, but all of our programs are are life-affirming. Then we do several family-based programs out of York where we are able to assist the family unit to stay together, trying to prevent children from being placed in foster care and or helping to reunify families, providing that in the community support, in-home support, coaching and training and teaching so that families can support each other in a healthy way and keep those family units together in a safe way for the children. As well as we have two amazing um, schools. One is called the Paradise School. It's out of Abbottstown. And that is our basically our cornerstone program. Catholic Charities was started out of Paradise School. At one point, it's been, well, it's been a wide range of programs over the years. It's been, it's been residential care. It's been an orphanage. And that was kind of the program that started the concept of Catholic Charities here in this diocese. And right now, it is a specialized school for individuals who have intellectual challenges and need specialized teaching. And then we have a more intensive school in Lancaster called our Lancaster Intensive Day Treatment Program, which is working with individuals and children who are at high risk with emotional challenges. And they need specialized teaching, but additionally, they need intensive counseling and behavioral support to be able to function well in the classroom. And last but not least, I think I've touched on everything, is our immigration and refugee program. And that particular program, of course, works with refugees coming to America. And I think we'll talk a little bit more about that. That is absolutely amazing. I had no idea that Catholic Charities had that many branches on its tree. Yeah, You really kind of touch every area of vulnerability for a lot of people that maybe... Who don't know where to turn for help. Yeah, absolutely. We are, we are here for the Diocese of Harrisburg. We are here for the most vulnerable. There's definitely, we have a high focus on women and children and families and making sure that they are happy and healthy here in the community. And our, I can't even go on about how great all of our staff are. We have people who've been with us 20, 30 years. They're so dedicated to this kind of work, to the missions of Catholic charities and, again, the Catholic social teaching, making sure that we are serving the most vulnerable every single day and and helping them to be safe and to be happy. That's amazing. So you mentioned one of the arms of Catholic charity being refugees and immigration. Could you please elaborate on that? Is there a difference between a refugee and an immigrant? And if so, what is it? Sure, Rachel. Thanks for asking. Yes, the title of our program is Immigration and Refugee Services. And there there is a difference. Technically, if you're a refugee, you are also an immigrant. Technically, I guess. But really, immigrants tend to be individuals who are coming to America for some kind of economic stability. Now, an immigrant can be coming here legally or choosing to come here in an alternative path, 
that may not be sanctioned by the United States. And I know there's a lot of controversy about individuals who do come who are not sanctioned by the United States when they come. Catholic Charities of the Diocese of Harrisburg works with only individuals who are sanctioned to come to the United States. So we are not involved in a lot of the controversy, especially related to the southern border of the United States. That is not what we do here. We actually work with refugees. So refugees are individuals who are fleeing their country because there is some kind of danger there like war, oppression. They may be a political criminal for whatever reason in their country, and they are coming to the United States for, a, for safety, to, to flee that, to come to a country where they can be safe and raise their families or even as an individual be here. They may have family here already. Refugees are thoroughly vetted. And actually, most refugees take years and years to go through the vetting process before they are granted permission and basically welcomed to the United States. And then our role is to work with those individuals in several different ways. So initially, we help with the resettlement process, and that's only 90 days. So think about that, going into a foreign country and having basically 90 days of support to help you find a place to live, find a job, get your children enrolled in school if you have children, get all of your paperwork like social security cards. If you need some additional financial assistance, you may qualify for, you know, for TANF or something along those lines. But it's not a long period of time to, to get somebody settled into a new country. Now, before individuals come, they do get some support and learning what it's like to live in America. And then we additionally provide some support so that they understand what it's like to live here and kind of can assimilate to, to this new country. Then additionally, we have some specialized job um, programs that can work with individuals for a longer period of time with employment because we don't want individuals to come here and just get thrown into any job you know, just like any of us, we want individuals to find opportunities to use the skills that they have and find meaningful work. So if they find an initial job, we may um, assist them to find a job that might, you know, match their skill sets a little bit more, it might take a little bit more time. Or if a job doesn't work out, they can come back to us up to five years to get assistance with employment, with resume writing, with um, interviewing, all of that kind of thing. Under our employment program is our English as second language classes, so ESL classes. And so we, anybody that comes to through our programs can participate in the ESL classes. They are ongoing and there are levels from beginner to much more intermediate so that individuals can really strengthen their English as a second language skills so that they can communicate and feel like, you know, the United States is becoming their homes. Most, in, most refugees that choose to stay in America do become naturalized. You know, they, 
they're committed to being here, to being an American and, you know, being productive just like any other American individual um, is in our country. And then lastly, we just started a new program under our immigration and refugee services called Empowering Women for Success. We call it EWS. And what we've learned is women in particular have needed a little bit more support when it comes to some basic needs things like feminine hygiene products, diapers, but then we also offer some specialized classes and educational opportunities to really assist women and empower women as they are assimilating into the United States. So here in the Diocese of Harrisburg, we work with just refugees from all over the world. We do have a specialized right now Afghan program, working with Afghans who of course, we all know about the challenges that we faced last summer and getting them here in the country and assimilated also. That's incredible. And I love how you differentiated between refugees and immigrants because I know it's popular to use the two interchangeably. And in fact, that's not the actual definition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's easy to just throw everybody under immigration. And then it's easy to throw everybody under immigration who are here sanctioned by the United States and unsanctioned by the United States. And we know that there's a clear differences between many of these populations. Absolutely. It's hard not to notice what's been going on in the Ukraine the last several weeks. Is Catholic Charities involved in aiding during the crisis in Ukraine? And if so, what types of aid are they providing? Sure. So Catholic Charities in the United States right now is not actively involved in what is going on over in the Ukraine. Though we are monitoring the situation very closely and are preparing if there should be a need for refugees to come and we would welcome them into our program and work with them. Right now, it's the Catholic Relief Services. So it is a branch of Catholic Charities and Catholic Services, that is more the international branch that is actually doing work over in the Ukraine right now. And they are working with a partner organization called Caritas. And actually, they are in some of the surrounding countries, as well as the Ukraine, providing humanitarian efforts. So what they are doing right now is opening up shelters, They are um, providing hot meals to individuals who are fleeing the Ukraine. They are working in particular in Poland, Romania, and Moldova, as well as in the Ukraine. So they're working in the surrounding countries. They're they're ready. They have camps set up. They are providing hygiene, hygiene supplies, transportation to other parts of the countries that people are, are fleeing to as well as mental health counseling. I mean, can you imagine what it must be like to be in under siege, escaping? And right now they're women, working mostly with women and children because men aren't allowed to leave the Ukraine because they need them to fight. So families are being torn apart. You know, they're, they're coming there, you know, crying and, and, and sobbing because they're they're walking away from their families 
you know, for the safety of the, the women and the children. It, it's just awful. But, you know, the Catholic Church is there. A branch of Catholic Charities is over there, the international branch. Like I said, Catholic Relief Services working with Caritas are right there on the ground, working with people literally as they are walking across the borders, assisting them. They are growing and expanding the services that they're offering. They're opening up more shelters and, and more you know relief services there, as well as they're looking into other services that they can be providing those refugees as they are literally walking across the border um, to try to find safety. So what are some ways we can support the international arm of Catholic Charities? Yes. So right now, the best way to support them is through a donation. So Catholic Relief Services, so crs.org. You can go to their website and there is a place where you can go and make a donation that is specifically designated to the Ukrainian efforts. So very simple, go on, make a donation. We're in the middle of Lent. Almsgiving is a part of our penance during the Lenten sacrifice season. This would be a great way to make a donation and support the efforts of you know, your Catholic coworkers across the, across the globe. Absolutely. What are some other ways we can get involved with Catholic charities or with any kind of refugee relief? So we have some uh, limited uh, volunteer opportunities. We do accept volunteers to do some work with our refugee families. That includes volunteers to assist kind of like adopt a family and help us help them as they resettle. So that's an opportunity where you can work with them, help them, you know, find housing, you know, be a support uh, for their children and making sure they get settled well into the, the community. We have volunteers that assist with our English as second language classes. We have volunteers that assist with some of the other resettling and our empowering women program there, as well as we accept volunteers to assist uh, with our shelters that, that can come in and help out. We are always looking for donations for our shelters and for our refugees. We have like a clothing closet for the refugees where they can come and they can shop for clothing. We, of course, we always need for our shelters kind of clothing, food donations, formula, diapers, of course, diapers. We always go through a lot of diapers, feminine hygiene products, we use a lot of that kind of stuff for, for all of our programs. That's amazing. And you're absolutely right. Now is the perfect time since we're in the middle of Lent. So I want to thank you for stopping by and sharing all that wonderful information with me. Rachel, thank you so much for having having me here today. You know, you know getting the word out about Catholic Charities is always a challenge. And we are doing such great work for the diocese. And it's important for um everybody of the diocese to know and understand how hard the diocese is working to make sure that the needs of our community are being met. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. Our goal at the Diocese of Harrisburg is to walk with you on your faith journey. So if this episode resonated with you in any way, the easiest way to show your appreciation is by sharing this program with your network or 
by leaving a review on your listening platform. You can also support us financially by making a donation online at hbgdiocese.org slash DAC and clicking the make a donation button. Thanks again, and we'll see you at church on Sunday.